episode in Welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Aaron Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan, and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB all those years ago. Join us for this little special episode as we wrap up our season-long conversation on workforce-bound versus college-bound. Woot. Okay. So we've been having this conversation for the last six months. Yep. <laughs> It's been really interesting, and I want to thank everyone who shared their stories. Some people so- shared some really personal things, and mm-hmm. it's so nice that we have like <laughs> created yeah. like a safe space for people to do that. I've been really enjoying the the conversation, getting different people's experiences on it. Same, and like, yeah, I think it's interesting in this moment as like critical race theory is being tacked in our schools, and as we're like learning more about residential schools and how few people in the U.S. know about Japanese internment Mm. or that the U.S. paid reparations to Japanese. You know, we can pay Mm -hmm. reparations. We've done it before. Mm -hmm. We've done it before, you know. It just seems so interesting that education, being educated, going to college is seen as like a marker of of successful people financially Mm -hmm. and morally in our society. And like as you know, we heard from people, it has consequences in these ways that are like, you know, fucked up. And I think surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, and interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was just wondering if you had any, I have some more to say, but if you have any takeaways from our conversations that we've been having. Yeah. I mean, I just think that like, I think that one of my big takeaways and one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is like how steeped in this narrative we were as teenagers. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've like, I don't know if I've said that on this podcast, but I honestly did not know you could choose to not go to college until I was like 17. Mm-hmm. Like, I mm-hmm. didn't know that that was something that you could not do. In my household, that was not something that you could not do. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I would have chosen differently. I'm not sure that I would have. I, mm-hmm. I really liked going to college and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I mean, the world is set up for me to go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, and so I did. But, um, and I, I enjoyed my experience there and I'm, you know, I'm glad I went Um, but I think, I think like what I see and, and one of the things that like a couple of people touched on and that I, I think about often is the way in which that prescribed sort of like you do high school and then you do college and then you get a job and then you, you know, work for, for the man for a hundred years and you get your pension and you get your this and you get your that and like, there's this part of me that sees that has watched so many of my friends struggle with that narrative once the college is over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, do I think it would be better? I, I personally do, but also like, I don't know how it would change our conversation if that wasn't the sort of narrative, right? If we had mm-hmm. to, when we were 16 or 17, be like, what do I really want? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it, I think that was one of the best things is that we got a, an international take too. we got, mm-hmm. you know, different experiences from all over the world, um, which is really cool to know. Like I know I had already known because I watched that show skins that you like in the UK, you 
kind of go to college like as your last year of high school kind of, you know, or you don't go. Um, so it's like a little bit of a different experience mm-hmm. um, or you kind of go to like a trade school. Um, I know that's like, a, and then I think someone shared that that's what they did in New Zealand too. So that's the like an A-levels, interesting, yeah. yeah, like that's such an interesting take. Like I have such a complicated feeling on like standardized testing. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I get it because it's like, how else, how else do are we supposed to test? Do it? Yeah. But then on the other hand, like, I'm just like, no, that is like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. Right, right. <laughs> um, especially Particularly since, like, since the guy who invented the SAT was like a eugenicist. Mm-hmm, so possibly mm-hmm. that's not the one we should be using. Yeah. And like, yeah, like I remember even for like in your SATs, like for the math portion, like I took it because you could take it a few times if you have the money to do it. And mm-hmm. I, I did. Um, so did I. Yeah. And like uh, I took it, it once with like a graphing calculator, the TI-83, and mm. then I did it again with a TI-89. And because the features were so much greater on the other one, like I, my score was better, oh, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I remember being like, that's so fucked up. Like even at the time right. I was like. That is so fucked up. Yeah, because, yeah. Because, like, I don't know, like, whatever. Those are, like, expensive, you know. Yeah, sure. Like, so that's stupid. And in addition to, like, already knowing, like, the kids that I knew at my school that got a perfect score, they would, like, go to the classes and stuff like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's super hard. And, like, you know, like, I know that we're having these really interesting, complicated conversations about labor right now in the U.S. And I think a lot of it is hard for people the educated people in power to imagine that there could you would have like some a worker should have power mm. <laughs> like we've I've my fiance and I've overheard a lot of conversations about how shook people are that they can't find someone to work and in, mm-hmm. in you know for like a serving position and like a tipped labor position in the U.S. right now, you only have to pay them $2.13 an hour. And you're like, well, I mean, if someone spent the last year living without, like we all lived without, so we can imagine people spent, everyone spent the last year living without and mm-hmm. adjusting their lifestyle. So what would be the point of going back to work and like, what, if you work 30 hours a week at $2 an hour? <laughs> It's like 60 bucks. No, thanks. What? Even if they get to, like, even if this, like, you know, perceived job gets tipped, like, how much money are they really making that would offset, like, how much your life has changed, you know, like, how much you've gone without, you know, like, it, it, it's just like, I don't know, it's hard to see that, like, there's, like you said, you isn't democracy about choice supposed to be so like why can't we have choice and like what do you want to do well and also i think like there's this way in which the reason that college feels so important is because i mean statistically speaking if you go to college you will eventually make more money. Even now, even with the debt crisis, what it is, you will eventually like end up making more money than you 
Yeah, yeah, and it's hard to say whether that's the college degree or the fact that most college graduates are still white. Right. But so, well, but so this book that I just finished reading, but this book that I just finished reading said was talking about this, that is a brand new book. So it's the statistics are pretty up to date and like was like even, you know, even though black and Latino people make less, they still, Mm. the people that go to college still do make more than their counterparts who don't. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, that's. It, it it all comes down to capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's this way in which my thing is like, and what I've liked so much and what I what I hope we can push for is like pay everyone a fucking wage that they can live on so that mm-hmm. people can actually make these decisions with something other in mind than like, I've got to do it so that I can make money, you mm-hmm. know? And like, that's my thing is like, for me personally, like, I really love the learning part of college. I'm really mm-hmm. good at the part at I'm really good at learning in the way that college makes you learn. Mm-hmm. And I understand that not everyone is like that. And so mm-hmm. and that's like fine, man. Mm-hmm. No, like I'm not that's cool. You you don't want to read a book from 1750 about the economics of beer brewing in Europe. I understand not wanting to read that book. (laughs) I personally can't wait to read that book. Yeah. But I get that, like, that's not for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, my thing is, like, but you, some random person, can are, like, fucking stoked on building a carburetor. And, like, that's something that I just have no idea how to do. And why why is my wanting to learn about whatever xyz thing somehow more like worth more than you building a carburetor i would mm-hmm. argue that what you do is more important than what i do um you know but uh but also why are we ascribing importance to any of them? yeah exactly yeah you know definitely yeah so. and and there's still like a learning environment that comes from you know potentially learning how to build a carburetor um and it's sure. more about like these higher like you know acknowledging that all these learning environments are higher education and are things that like are you know n- need investment from our government and mm-hmm. as a way into invest in our labor in addition to the fact that like you know like I've said before, like I personally think like learning is a lifelong experience. Sure. So the idea that you go to college and then you're done and you get a job and you do this, and, you know, you know, like the, then the idea is you, you kind of stop learning, you just gain experience. And I, I just like, I personally don't think that's helpful, you know? Right. And I, 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 you know, just in my experience with like my parents over the past year and stuff like that, I feel like it was super valuable for them to like, and I know like you've told me your mom took some classes too, to like reevaluate what they know about race in America mm-hmm. <laughs> and like reevaluate what they know about capitalism in America mm-hmm. and just like check in about these issues that they know about and they've been educated about, but they haven't been formally educated about since they were in college potentially. <laughs> if that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when they were in college, it was, you know, the conversations about race in America were a lot different. 
Yeah, and being told by different people. And even the conversation about capitalism and capitalism in America was completely different, Mm -hmm. you know, in the 70s. So it's, you know, the it's interesting because, you know, as we're in a precarious time, no models work that we have. And it's, it's super complicated. But like, a lot of people are fearful of inflation. And that's a valuable thing to be fearful of. But a lot of people are, are like our parents that are fearful of it, because they learned about it during the inflation crisis of the 70s. And it's like, okay, well, let's just like, you know, let's, let's learn about it from now. (laughs) Let's talk about it now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. And so like, I just think that you know, interestingly, as we become more educated as a society, there are more voices in the room to take up space, which is one of the incredible things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then one of the things that I found like the most compelling about, you know, people writing in and stuff was like the common thread of shame mm-hmm. and whether or not, you know, it was like, someone that didn't go to college felt shame about that or someone that did and they didn't, they decided they didn't want, remember when, um, I think it was mm-hmm. Heidi, she wrote in and she said she didn't want to be a teacher and she felt shame about that mm-hmm. and the way in which this, this one path, this one thing has been drowned into as the only way you can be successful mm-hmm. and how if you, anything comes off or deviates, there is this like there is a thread of shame about that and that yeah. like is so sad it's true i understand and of course yeah. i get it you know and i feel it too sometimes yeah. i feel it too of course but like you know it's hard when we have a system that also like you know a byproduct of it is intense shame and like that is a problem I agree with you. And I think that like, I mean, you know, I mean, we could do a whole series on shame in Mm -hmm. Dawson's Creek Mm -hmm. and how shame Mm -hmm. drives so much of every Mm -hmm. single one of these characters, particularly Joey, particularly Jack. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think about it a lot, you know, from the perspective of, you know, someone who I think is in a constant conversation about, you know, my own gender and sexuality Mm -hmm. Um, with myself and like Mm -hmm. the ways in which shame have informed that conversation, particularly when I was younger, you know, and the ways in which trying to conform to be someone that I wasn't, you know, Mm -hmm. I had so much shame about it. Um, and, and like, I think that's a really interesting thing. And I think in the context of workforce bound, I mean, there's a way in which like, I mean, just my own personal experience, even the job I just left, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, and this is not, I don't know, I don't want to simplify this too much, but like, I was shamed by, um, you know, uh, many people in my life about the fact that I like didn't get health insurance and I didn't get like 401k mm-hmm. matching and I didn't get all these things. And I felt a lot of shame around that. And like when I was telling people that I got this new job and I was like, oh, my God, and I have a health I have health care that I don't pay for myself. I mean, I pay a little bit of it, but like I don't mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like it's yeah. not it's not Obamacare. You're not getting is, on the marketplace. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is what I've been on for a long time now. Um, but also, you know, I have a 401k matching and I have some of these things mm-hmm. now. And people are like, oh, my God, how great. Like, da, 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 da. And I get that, like, in the context of our capitalist society, those things are beneficial and good. 
But also, like, I felt a lot of shame about the fact that I didn't have that stuff. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's a punk rock part of me that would, like, throw it in certain people's faces. So sorry, mm-hmm. Mom. Um, but, like, you know, that would be like, oh, you think this is important? Well, fuck that shit. Um, yeah. And I, those are two sides of myself that I have to sort of constantly be that are constantly in competition with each other. Um, but at the same time, like I've, I have felt shame about those things. And Mm -hmm. like, that's as someone who has a college degree, has two college Mm -hmm. degrees technically. Um, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, yeah, has worked in a career for a very long time and is pretty well known within that career. Mm -hmm. And still. Yeah. Yeah, so two things I want to say that about that. Yeah, it's a very complicated conversation we have about this concept of benefits because it it, it disproportionately hurts small businesses. You right. know, it's very expensive to pay for health insurance. It's very yeah. expensive to just operate a 401k, not to mention the money you put into matching. You have to pay fees to do that. It's very, very hard. Sure. So it disproportionately um, shames small businesses <laughs> into right. You know, and and the idea that we pass a lot of things on to businesses instead of, you know, having a collectivization is is complicated. You know, why doesn't the government just pay for old people and pay for health insurance? You know, it's 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 seems like it would make things a lot easier, (laughs) you know. And then secondly, as someone who like, you know, for the most part has like lived my life authentic to myself I still feel shame about that. And like, that's Mm -hmm. just like the saddest thing is that like, no matter what you do, you're going to feel like you're doing it wrong because Mm -hmm. like there is this one narrative about like how it should be, even though that doesn't even exist, (laughs) you know? So no matter what you do, you're going to be under this like thumb of shame, which Mm -hmm. is a way in which like people in power can manipulate you, you know? So it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to share with our listeners um, a part of this sermon that I listened to from um, one of the spokespeople from Black Lives Matter LA. They they do a Sunday sermon every day. I've shared some of um, their quotes before. Um, You can find them every Sunday at, at Janiyah the Future. But this one really spoke to me about our conversation and like, I, I would like to bring it into the pod. Okay. So I quote, I don't know if anyone remembers how shitty it was to be a child for everyone. It sucks. Of course there is play and all these other things, but it sucks for all kids because our entire society society is awful to children, truly awful. So the differences, of course, are if you are a child or someone who is considered different and another child says something to you, what a girl should be or what a boy should be, they're repeating what they are hearing or black children or black skin as delinquent or whatever it is. Kids say these things to each other all the time. And what happens when you have no rebuttal, right? When there is no way to fight back against what you are hearing because no one has ever talked to us before, we have silence. And in that silence, we have shame. And that's where shame begins at a very early age. We don't have the language to say, no, that isn't correct. Or no, this is who I am. Or this is who these people are. Or that is not my family. 
we are not actually taught how to talk back. And so when we have all these kids and young people, and I'm not talking just about young people, we have these problems in high school where you know something is wrong and you have no skills and no tools with which to rebuttal or challenge. And so you feel a kind of shame and you feel weak and disempowered. It's very difficult to break down the significance of critical race theory, something that was not widely popularized. And now and not, now we are seeing the language all over Fox News and everything else. Low-key, they are working for our agenda, but they don't know it. But what we need to make sure is we are continuously working toward to make sure critical race theory is pre- preserved. So the point I'm trying to make is that whether or not we are actively talking about it. These conditions shape our life. We don't need them because they are not the right thing to do. I'm not interested in the idea of morality or the right thing to do anymore. I think that framing is limited. I, it's not so much that we. it's the right thing to do. It's not a failure of morality. I think it's a failure of attention. And by the way, this is going to relate to the idea that you have been sitting on. I think about it, the failure of attention, how often that is the truth across the board of all our lives. So a failure of attention, this work of justice, whatever it is, can't be about us taking in information. It can't be about us reading things and not critically engaging in things. For time for us to go, it's time for us to go further than posting and sharing and everything else. Those things are important, but for you, you have been, if you've been talking about writing that children's book for years, for some of you, you have been talking about drawing more consistently or finding a particular path to the script or that to that script you write or that short film you want to shoot, right? That poem, right? Now is the time to do it. I love that. Yeah. I really love that. And I think like the, I, I want to address the first part. Um, the part about not having the language, um, mm-hmm. it, like it actually kind of like hit a, a little bit of a nerve for me mm-hmm. because I have, I, I, I in, in speaking of like, um, gender and sexuality, like I, um, when I was a little kid, I was very, I looked like a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know that I didn't know that that was quote unquote weird. Um, Mm -hmm. and like, and I didn't know that until like when I would, when someone would call me, you know, when someone would say, Oh, the little cute little boy or whatever, uh, the, uh, the way the adults around me reacted Mm -hmm. that like that immediately, that immediately would like set something off in me of like, Oh, Oh, that's wrong. Like, that's not okay. Mm And I remember, um, this is the Cliff's Notes version of, version of this, but like <laughs> I remember, I remember when I was a couple of three, what three or four years ago when I decided to cut all my hair off. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like, I that is the thing that I had to work through. Of mm. like, of like, I have short hair now. When I wear a hat, as I am doing right now, technically, I mean not not right now, but I have a hat next to me (laughs) that I've been putting on. Um, But like, there are times when I'm out and people are like, oh, thank you so much, sir. And just allowing that to be like, it literally, it does not matter to me. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care if you, you know, I use she, her pronouns, but like, I, if you, if you like, 
use a different one. Like it's not really that big of a deal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but that took so much work and it's like, and just because like adults freaked out when other people mm-hmm. called me a boy when I was a kid or that my grandmother made me buy new outfits to see my old Italian aunts and uncles so that I didn't look as much like a boy. Like those things, like, like I think about that constantly of like, what, what would I have been and what would I, what could I have like done differently if that were somehow different? If, if that hadn't been, if that shame hadn't been put on me. Um, and I think like in response to the second half of, of that, and thank you for bringing that. I think like, fucking absolutely do the thing that you want to do Hmm. yeah I mean it's like you know just to bring it back to Dawson's Creek because yeah. ultimately this is a podcast about Dawson's Creek is that like you know we <laughs> we see time. all the ways and <laughs> sometimes <laughs> <laughs> you know we see all the ways in which like shame like destroys Joey's life and yeah. like we see how in season like shame destroyed Pacey as a person he's not funny at the end like he right. he's a shell of who he was you know yeah. and we see how like Joe Jen dismantling her shame and like having yeah. a safe space and even like Graham's dismantling her shame you know thrust at Jen mm-hmm. you know was a way in which Jen could just grow as a person and you know become the angel we always loved but like you know even in terms of Jen's growth like she's a completely different person now she's the one who's grown the most on this show so far I think and like Mm -hmm. it came a lot from her managing her own shame and from like the people in her life managing the shame that they put on her um and Jack, I mean, yeah, and I Jack think you're too. right. Like yeah. Jack, in terms of how he grew with Toby, like he had to like find a way to explain what he was saying. Like it's like it's not that I'm ashamed that I'm gay. It's just like this. I want to like me. It, it almost always felt to me that he's ashamed that he's like not like the I the typical quote unquote typical gay he's not a stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. And so that felt super complicated for him because he's not like, you know, the like flamboyant, quote unquote, flamboyant out there, quote unquote, gay guy. He's like, you know, a football player. Yeah. Like a, just like a, one of the boys. And it, even in terms of that, it's like dismantling. What is a football player? One of the boys means is like, so interesting. Well, and literally the day that we're recording, this is the day that the first NFL football player on an NFL team has ever come out as gay. Mm-hmm. Literally earlier today, um, I forget his name, but he's on the Raiders. Um, you know, and and it's not, there have been gay professional football players oh, yeah, before. Yeah. Let okay. let us tell you, but <laughs> yeah. this is the first time that a, a p- player in the NFL has come out p- as they were still on the team as gay mm-hmm. publicly. And so, like, here we are in 2021, still dealing with that same thing that Jack's yeah. dealing with in 2001. Yeah. 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 And super interesting. And, like, to be honest, I think Dawson has a lot of shame around sex and his in mm. the morality of sex. Yeah. And that, like, is also what holds him back you know like even in the finale of season four he's like I didn't expect to be a virgin and like you could tell that there now there's like this new element to shame about it Mm -hmm. like he's like I I thought being a good guy was someone who didn't like wasn't like a hypersexual being but like you know there's also like a 
an idea of like what would it be like to go to college a virgin and like mm-hmm. now I have shame about my 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 virginity and my you know sexuality in this other way mm-hmm. um and so like just it's like you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't so it feels like all these systems are set up to be oppressive and 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 sure. they are sure and joey's shame about sex is like I mean, it's like the thumping heart of the whole entire season and possibly the whole series. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's like you wish she could have dismantled that and just had like a lot more sluttier times or I don't know what. Or even not slutty, but just not ashamed that she like fucked someone. I know. Yeah. And was like, hey, this is something that feels good and is fun. Let's like do it again. Yeah. And you kind of wish, like, that the show would have let her just, like, have sex with, like, someone without being punished, you know, Mm -hmm. without, like, having to break up with them or having them, like, have a girlfriend or having them, you know, um, like, her fail her final, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like, come on, what the hell? It's so wild. I Um, mean, same with Jen. Same with Jen. They don't, they punish her every time she has sex, too, so. Yes. Yeah. Yes without a doubt so you know just like these ways in which like you know like we've been saying these men in power uh, you know uphold mm. these systems that like you know shame us yeah and, and the the men in power at the wb and at dawson's creek um no different no different exactly. it's just in a di- yeah. it's just in a different arena than maybe we're normally used to talking about yeah without a doubt you know and so we hope gosh in the future we can have some shows where like they have just more complicated nuanced conversations about (laughs) the the joy and the fear of sex and Mm -hmm. like what is gender identity like you know as much as we used to say that the future is female it's like isn't the future gender fluid like can we just dismantle this gender binary like let's get rid of it it's a made-up construct like you know everything about what is quote-unquote feminine is performative you know and like that it's just like come on you know (laughs) like i mean you're preaching to the choir my friend i agree you want to be you know like it's just like horrible and like you know and it's just like it's so sad that like yeah I Jen is just makes me so sad every time I think about her that like when we were kids we were supposed to hate her because she was raped when she was 12 yeah well and even if as the show seems to want to say she chose to have sex when she was (laughs) young let's just say like I Uh you know that (laughs) as y'all know that's total bullshit but let's let's go with that and say, even if she was like, I was a f- I made this choice and that's what I want and I'm happy and proud that I made it, you know, like she she still doesn't deserve to be shamed for it or hated for it. She gets to make those choices. <laughs> Women get to choose who they have sex with. I don't know if you've gotten that memo yet. But. I don't know, but it's so wild. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope everyone uses this summer or I don't know, not even the summer, but like, you know, just work on a little personal project. Anything you've been waiting on, thinking about doing like it's been really inspiring for me personally, too. And I know Julia as well 
you get messages from people who have like started podcasts and like mm-hmm. said like, oh, you kind of inspired me. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, it's really yeah. sweet. Or like someone messaged us and was like, I broke up with my boyfriend because you inspired me that I deserve better. And I was yeah. like, I don't even know how to respond to that. Like, it's like, I don't know. It's just like take up space and like, you know, do the thing you're doing. Like, there's no right path. There's no right thing to do. And like giving into that, like, is no way to live. Like we just faced a pandemic. We're still living through it. We faced yeah. an economic crisis. We're still living through it. Like, you know, we, we don't want to return to like quote unquote normal. We want to like reimagine like a world that's like more equitable and safer. And like, you know, hopefully we can imagine a, a future for our, like great, great grandkids filled without shame, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, and I think like, I mean, I think, you know, to, to sort of say a bit more about, like, the people who have reached out to us and told us things I th- and these things, you know, and, and how much that does mean to us. And believe me, we, like, text each other and are like, did yeah. you see this? Holy shit. Yeah. I'm, like, crying at my desk. Um, yeah. But, like, <laughs> you know, but also just thinking about, like, particularly if you're female presenting particularly if you're gender non-conforming particularly if you're queer particularly if you're black or latino or latinx sorry um or asian american or you know whatever or disabled um people don't want you to take up space and people are might say fucking stupid shitty things to you you know we get it sometimes um, yeah. you know, and, and we, we, we like, we love it and we really respect and are happy when you're like, Hey, I disagree in a nice way. Fine. Like, please do. That's what yeah. we're here for to have this conversation. But like, you know, the people who are like, Oh, you guys are awful because X, Y, Z thing. It's like, you know, we see it and like, we're pretty, mm-hmm. we're pretty thick skinned and we can let it roll off our back. But like, um, at the same time, like people are going to do that sometimes. And like, you just, like, they're going to find something else to be fucking mad at you about if you don't do the thing that you're doing. So, like, just do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, do it. just do what you want to do. You know, the people who are mad can fucking stay mad. The people who are mad are going to be mad no matter what. Just do your thing. Yeah. No, it, it definitely... Yeah, it's fascinating. (laughs) People on the internet are assholes. They call them trolls for a reason. I mean, not y'all. Y'all are nice, but like we get some wild reviews. Every once in a while, it's like, okay. (laughs) Okay, you put that on the internet. Why? (laughs) Okay. You felt the compelled, though. Yeah, cool, man. Um, But yeah, it's like an interesting world out there. And, you know, like there are more nice people than you know and we like are so grateful for all y'all and for you being here with us and it's been amazing (laughs) and as we end season four and look to season five I just want to say thank you to everyone who participates with us and even if you just listen and don't you know message Mm -hmm. us we're so grateful I'm so so grateful to be here with you and making space with you and honestly just taking up room with you you know Mm -hmm. um and this is the time is now to like some reimagine a better place, a better world. I think it's interesting. Someone messaged us about, I guess the, the female actors from 
One Tree Hill are doing a rewatch podcast and like kind of oh. talking about things that they had to do and like reimagining how they wish the storylines would be. And, you know, there, there are so many rewatch podcasts right now. And I think that it's, you know, like a, um, summer and, and what's yeah, her name mm-hmm. from the OC. Julie, Julie and it's Cooper. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like a lot of women voices trying to take up more space in this, like this free space, like mm-hmm. making a podcast is, you know, it's, it's work, but it, it's near free in a way, yeah. you know? And you get to take up space and have your voice heard in this way that um, it was unavailable. And, you know, like, it's like, how would, like, we still watch Dawson's Creek and love it, but, like, what if it had been like this? What if it had been like that? Like, how would that have changed our lives, you know? And so it's cool to take up space in that way and to, like, mm-hmm. give feedback and to reimagine a world where it's just not white men telling the story, I agree. I agree. And I, and I will just say on a personal note, being able to, to have this time with you, particularly during this pandemic that like, yeah. you know, we aren't able to see each other in person. I haven't seen you in the flesh no. in over a year. Um, yeah, but, it's but just so being able to, but just being able to take this time, you know, um, with someone who's known me for as long as you have for mm. through as much shit as we've known each other <laughs> through. Um, you know, that's really special too. And I, it's something that I cherish deeply and, um, you know, leaving season four and leaving behind high school and getting to college. I mean, there's a part of me that's like, that's, you represent that for me, Yeah, that freedom and that, and that experience and that joy and that like beginning of adulthood, you know, Mm -hmm. we were kids. I met you when I was 17 and, um, you know, I, we were little kids back then, but, um, but the space that I think I hope we've allowed each other and you've allowed me definitely. And I hope I've allowed you, um, Mm -hmm. is something that I cherish. And so I'm glad to, I'm so excited to get to talk to you about season five. Yeah. I'm excited. It's, it's compelling how Dawson's Creek has been such a huge part of our life and how it helped us survive the darkest days of the pandemic. (laughs) It's interesting as like, we're like, quote unquote, going back or quote unquote, going, whatever we're doing, opening or whatever going into the part where we met in that like fun exciting time of like yeah being adults <laughs> or so we thought <laughs> yeah well you know it's fun yeah. to be at like these early stages of potentially a new world you know mm-hmm. um literally and then you know metaphorically so that's so yeah. cool yeah. yeah so cool Yay. So yeah, I'm so excited for season four or sorry. No, I'm not excited for season four. I'm excited. It's done. (laughs) Done with season four. I'm excited for season five. If you have any thoughts or questions about it, just email us now. Like, you know, we're doing a little break obviously, but we'll be back. We're excited. So so, (laughs) it's going to be weird, but so fun. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for being here and we couldn't do this without you. And we're so grateful that you know you listen to us and mm-hmm. you know <laughs> totally enjoy like what we're doing and like we enjoy you know what you bring to the table too we, it, it really is like a collaborative effort mm-hmm. and so yeah you know black lives matter defund the police uh, stop asian hate let's get those vaccines to the rest of the world like mm-hmm. can we just like you know, get rid of those patents. I don't really understand how that <laughs> exist. I don't even get it. Nope. <laughs> doesn't make Particularly sense. Particularly on drugs. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense, you know. Yeah. Um, 
you know, let's just get like a little bit of a free Palestine in mm. there. Mm. You know, we've got we're getting like a real rise of dictatorships that's been happening, you know, for the past mm-hmm. like half decade. And like, it's very scary. Iran and, and um, now um, Israel have really mm-hmm. um, frightening leaders coming in there. And that's really scary. And, you know, we've got some midterms coming up that are in the U.S. that are kind of scary, too. So yep. it's just remain positive keep putting in the work you know and like if you have something you're working on just take up space i love that for you and like send it to us we'd love to see that um we need to like start creating the words to describe things and to talk about things so that we have the answers we don't have to look for them they're already there in front of our face Mm -hmm. that would be so cool um, so you can find us as always on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's Critique. You can email us Dawson's Critique at gmail.com. We want to shout out our boy Kilia for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at go freaking crazy. You can follow my Finsta at Aaron.hensley. We have merch, uh, bit.ly slash Dawson's Critique. And as always, you can order our book. I remember everything life lessons from Dawson's Creek available wherever you get your books. Let's shout out to uh, Tom Below Books, T-O-M-B-L-O. There might be another O in there, whatever. In, Flo- <laughs> in Florida, um, they're a great bookstore, uh, and you can check them out online, and you can get our book there. You could order it from them. They're pretty cool. Uh, awesome. Please like us, subscribe, write a review, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Yeah. Uh, thank you for those of you who have done so. Um, we really appreciate it. And it helps us immensely when you do. Um, you can find me online at Pesty1079 on Twitter and Instagram. As always, we want to thank you for being here. We hope you have a great week. We love you. We are back next week with mm-hmm. the beginning of season five. Woo! Woo! <laughs>